Hey, hey, welcome to a brand new episode of the Straight Up Show podcast. I am your host, Calvin. Uh, if you guys have not heard, Mike Tyson is coming out of retirement. Yes, the boxer Mike Tyson is coming out of retirement to fight Roy Jones Jr. This weekend, November 28th. And I, I think I know that's how it's going to go, but I'm not really a fighter. So on today's show, I'm going to bring in two professional fighters. One has met Mike Tyson and one is currently a uh, fighting in the UFC, but both are professional fighters. Uh, but first, let's get started. Somebody I've known mo- most of my life, all my life, really. Uh, it's like a brother to me. I love him to death. Uh, help me welcome Blake Trouble Franklin. How you doing there, Blake? Doing good, brother. How are you? I'm doing good, sir. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, and then up next, we have Mr. Uh, the uh, number 10 flyweight of the UFC, Mr. Matt Danger Schnell. How you doing today, sir? Doing great. Happy to be here. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Like I said, me and Blake were like brothers, so we used to wrestle a lot. So I know how he can really hit hard. Uh, I'm bigger than Blake, but he, trust me, don't take his size for granted because, man, he has a killer left hook and he can hit you hard. Uh, and then also with Matt, uh, one of his friends, Mitch, I'm going to throw Mitch out there, uh, played a prank on him in high school, and Matt thought it was me. And then Matt just stoop, hit me in the face. I'm like, man, you know what? If he's going to take UFC serious, man, he can really hit hard. But, man, hey, these guys are great. I love them both. You know, I respect them not only as professionals, but uh, as men, too, because these guys are their fathers. And it's just see them doing what they're doing with their kids, man, a beautiful family. Hey, you guys got my ultimate respect on all levels. Uh, so uh, if people don't know who you are, uh, let's start with Blake. Uh, Blake, you are a semi-retired uh, boxer. I just don't think you can ever leave boxing at all. I, I think I can see you boxing until you're like 60. And uh, But uh, <laughs> tell us, like, you know, who you are and, you know, how did you get into boxing? Uh, well, uh, my name's Blake Franklin. I've been fi- uh, boxing, kickboxing since I was six years old. Um, uh, won the National Golden Gloves. I've done several things. Um, turned professional. Um, you know, being a dad kind of changed things a little bit. Um, been in and out of the ring for the past several years, but now I'm just training a bunch of people in my gym, and uh, that's that's what what my passion is right now: training and teaching and giving back to giving back to the community like was people gave to me when I was a kid. Yeah, and you know, you used to kickbox too, right? I remember just growing up seeing you. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. It was K1 boxing, is that right? Uh, yeah, K1 kickboxing. Um, essentially Muay Thai with no elbows. Um, that's what it was. So yeah, I, I did that for a long, long time. And how did you how did you actually get into boxing? I mean, like that's something that, especially where we come from, we come from Louisiana. You don't really hear about people coming from Louisiana being a boxer. Well, um, I was Taekwondo when I was really young, and um, when I was at a Taekwondo tournament, I actually I did a kickboxing exhibition, and the local legend boxing coach Ray Paxton was there, and he said, "Yeah, I'll, I would really like to work with that kid." Told my my trainer at the time, Charlton Young. Um, legend in his own right um, and told me yeah bring him by the gym so from then on I was at Ray's gym I guess every day from a certain point I think it was 345 to about five o'clock and then I'd go to Charlton's and uh, be there from about 530 730 at night and that, that was my life until I was 16 17 years old yeah I just remember seeing you just man your passion from because some people get in the box and then you just don't have that uh, passion for because you know they kind of just do it as an, like a you know recreational activity but you man you've made a career out of it uh you train people you have people in the ufc right now 
your work has been phenomenal. I mean, as a professional, uh, you're 17, 8, to eight and 2. Uh, you're 3-0 and in kickboxing. You're 3-2 and two in MMA, man. So you have a uh, – I see why they call you trouble. I mean, because I know you, but you always get in trouble a lot. So I mean, that name that – that name suits you to the team. I tell you what would put me in trouble is being in an MMA match with Danger over there. That dude would tie me up like a pretzel. Yep, and like I said, actually, so let's switch over to Danger. Uh, Danger, man, like I said, I've been knowing you for a while. And as I told Blake, um, you know, some people do UFC or do like MMA, just like, oh, I see it on TV, I want to do it. But like him, you know, you made this your work. I mean, currently you're number 10 in the UFC. But, I mean, what what made you get into the uh, MMA and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I just started training after high school. It uh, walked into Brent Mason's gym when I was an angry 18-year-old kid and been been doing it ever since. You know, when, when I started, it, it certainly wasn't something that I thought would turn into a career. And uh, I, I just trained, worked hard, kept doing it, built a reputation for myself. And, you know, over, over time, it became clear that maybe I could – maybe I. I could make a living doing it one day, and that's where we are now. We, um, you know, putting in the work and fighting at a high level. All right. So that's that. I've, I've, I've introduced to you guys, Matt and Blake. We're going to have more with these two champions right on side of the break. Hey, everybody. Lee here. And guess what? The reviews are in, and the Straight Up Show podcast is a hit. Don't believe me? Well, listen to what one of our guest panelists, Dr. Monique Thompson, has to say. Listen, y'all listening to Straight Up and support this podcast because I listened in before I came on the show. I liked what I heard. They're really focusing on keeping things real and being real with you. And I like that approach. So you guys support this podcast. So if you want to listen, donate to the show, have a subject idea, or even want to be a guest, just contact us at straightupshow at gmail.com. That's straightupshow at gmail.com. Okay, so we're back with these two champions, Mr. Uh, Blake Trouble Franklin and Matt Danger Schnell, uh, semi-retired boxer about Blake and UFC uh, fighter, Mr. Matt Schnell. Um, so a lot of people talk a lot of crap, especially fighters, man. Like, you know, oh, man, I can fight anybody. I can fight anybody. And people think that boxing and MMA are the same thing. So, uh, Blake, you dabbled in, like, all kinds of forms of fighting, your MMA, uh, kickboxing, and boxing. Can you just tell people the difference between like, what exactly is different between boxing and MMA? Uh, boxing is one discipline. Boxing is one form of mixed martial arts. Um, MMA is everything. Um, just because you're a good boxer doesn't mean you would be a good MMA fighter. Um, you know, mixed martial arts has wrestling, jiu-jitsu, judo, um, kickboxing, everything, everything else that's involved in it. Danger will be far more efficient at telling you everything that goes into that. Uh, boxing is just – it's the, the pugilism, the – the Olympic sport of boxing. Nothing wrong with it. I, I love it. I think it's a pure sport. Um, I'm a huge fan of MMA and admire everything those guys can do. I train a few fighters now, and look, let me tell you something. They're they're a different breed than boxers. They they work hard. They they do their stand up workout, and they go straight to to jujitsu and wrestling and everything else. They the cardio is a different machine with them. But boxing is just is just your hands. You know, uh, just working your hands, obviously footwork and angles and everything. There's a lot of nuance to it uh, when when you're just boxing. 
Um, and for me, I believe that boxing is probably one of the best bases for mixed martial arts uh, because we wear little gloves, you know, very small gloves. And because of that, a lot of times guys with high level kickboxing ability and stuff, they, uh, they let these, these little gloves sneak in. There's not much defense with them. So I think that, you know, if, if I was going to build a fighter from the ground up, I would want him to be able to box. Oh, and, um, you know, I've seen both of you train or I've actually heard about uh, how intense your training is. I mean, you see the people look at Rocky. Oh, okay, oh Rocky does this. So he he jogs like this. Or I watch Creed and he's running them out. Now, Blake, you broke down training for me. And some of the training stuff you told me, I'm like, that sounds inhuman, man. There's no way you train like that. So just tell people as a boxer, I mean, how do you, how do you train? Yeah, it's uh, it's um very it'll break you. It's, it's, you know, it's just as much mental as it is physical because your body wants to give up half the time. You know, when you're in a full training camp for a, say a 12 round fight for a professional fighter, you wake up there every morning, you go run your diet's just as big a regimen as anything else. You sit there, you have to eat at certain times. You have to put certain things in your body, um, go through strength and conditioning workouts. You do your road work, you do your running, your sprinting, you do your, your weights and your, you know, and then you got sparring and boxing as well. You can't, I mean, it's, it's not as easy as what people would think. Um, and I'm, I'll tell you right now, um, my last, the older you get, the harder it gets. My last camp for my last fight might be my last fight ever. Who knows? Hard to say goodbye forever, but, um, uh, uh, it was the toughest I've ever been through. I had a strength and conditioning coach for the first time in about five or six years. And there were days where I, um, I was hyperventilating. I didn't want to move. I just laid there on the ground and didn't move for 15 or 20 minutes. It's, um, it's intense. Wow. And that's boxing. So, uh, Danger, can you just tell us, I mean, how – Blake even said that MMA is more intense. I mean, so – I mean, I've, I mean, I've seen you drop weight, and you don't look the same from high school. You're, like, more lean. Uh, you look like a machine, man. So just tell me, how how is your well, training for the MMA and UFC? Yeah, I mean, weight cutting is a thing in and of itself. Both Both – sports you have to be in phenomenal shape for so i I don't know what the difference in intensity would be it's more of a difference in uh what what exactly you focus on because obviously with uh with boxing you 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 have to box and you have to be in condition for that stuff and i think probably strength training between boxing and mma would would be similar uh conditioning training as well similar the the only difference is when you uh, add the grappling aspect it, it's hard to only do condition uh, conditioning a certain way and then be able to have that translate to grappling because these are two different entities you know so you can be in great boxing shape great kickboxing shape but as soon as somebody's hanging on your neck and pulling on it it's just a different thing so because of that there's just a a broader spectrum of of uh techniques that you have to work on but make no mistake whether you're boxing or you're fighting MMA, you have to be in phenomenal shape. And, and it's really, it's really a, a matter of you figuring it out for yourself because uh, you, have to, you have to be able to do things sustainable. If, if it were just about just going hard all the time and, and working out and running, a lot more people would be really good at fighting. But there, there's a lot of nuance to it. Uh, there's there's uh, overtraining. You know, there's such thing as training too much and, and breaking down your body too much. So there's a uh, you got to figure it out. You know, I'm sure as Blake has over his 
you know, he's been doing this 20 years. I've been doing this 12 years now. And we're, you know, as, as somebody who's, who's still in it, I'm, I'm constantly tinkering with my preparation. I'm constantly making adjustments because when push comes to shove, if, if we're being realistic, ain't nobody knows what the frick they're doing. We're all trying to figure this thing out as we go. And that's, that's true. Go, going back to what Daniel said a second ago, um, it, you know, the, for me, it's, it's, if it's just running or hitting the bag and learning how to punch, everybody could do it, but it's all mental. It's about, and it's about what you're willing to sacrifice inside and what you're willing to put your body through because, it, and that goes to mental. When your body says stop, your mind can sit there and push it through. So, or when your mind wants to stop, rather, your body can continue. Um, but no, he's exactly right. I can, I can today, I'm not in shape at all. I'm way out of shape, but I could spar 12 or 15 rounds if I needed to. If you put me on the ground for about two, I'm done. You know, I, I, I'm completely out of it. I rolled for the first time in about a decade recently. And after about three or four minutes, I was, I was done. It, it's just, you're just engaging a different type of muscle group and it's, it's difficult. It's, it's something that's difficult. Make no mistake. You take a phenomenal grappler and, and stain him up and, and throw some gloves on him. He looks like a fish out of water too. So that, that's, what's so, you know, they're, they're, and I talk about this all the time with myself in particular, uh, you know, there's plenty of guys in this sport and in, in this, in this game that are better grapplers than me, better wrestlers than me. There are a lot of guys who can kickbox better than me, but what makes me stand out is the fact that I'm competent in all areas. So if you're a better boxer than me, well, I'm going to kickbox you. If, if you're better at striking than me, well, then I'm going to grapple you. And, and because I, I have a, a well-rounded game, I can, I can kind of delineate and find different avenues and attacks to, to focus on. Uh, so th there are plenty of guys in this sport who are better than me at individual aspects. But if we talk about a fist fight, I like my chances. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I know. Um, I mean, like I said, I've, I've experienced that before already. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, when I, I've, I've watched you both in person fight, um, I think the thing about both of y'all that I, I can say that I can that compare is that you two are tuned in and it's like, you can see the focus and like I played sports, you know, and I, I can see the focus on both of y'all's face. And sometimes both of y'all scare me. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, man, I don't know. This is not going to cut out. And then all of a sudden, bam, uh, you get out of it, Matt. I mean, I've seen Blake my whole life. Um, and I start with you, Matt, but the difference between amateur and pro boxing, like, the levels of amateur and pro, how do you get to, first off, from amateur to pro, what's the difference? And then how do you get to that pro level? Because, I mean, the last time I seen you in person, you were doing an access fight, and I interviewed you there. Uh, and after that, you just skyrocketed to professional, to UFC. Uh, so what's the difference between the two, and how did you make that step? Well, at the time, I was a professional. I was a professional fighting on the regional scene. And just like anything, you, you have to, you almost have to dominate the regional scene to move on to, to the next scene. And uh, for me, for a long time, you know, for as long as I've been fighting, I've been selling out uh, arenas in Shreveport, Bossier. So I, I was on the mat. I, I was on the map for a long time. I had to get my record in order to, to get that call into the UFC. And for me, it was a little more difficult, too, to get there because my weight class is not exactly the most desirable so it, it took a little more time than, than it typically does. I was, I was 10 and two as a professional before I fought in the UFC and I did the ultimate fighter fought twice on the ultimate fighter. So, uh, 
you, you just have to make your way up. You got to keep grinding. And, and not to mention that I did fight an entire amateur career as well. I fought 13 amateur MMA fights. I boxed as an amateur as well. And uh, plenty of grappling, plenty, plenty of things in between. And yeah, you just got to keep on grinding. But like I said, at the begin at the onset of this thing, when I started, we didn't think I was going to be a professional fighter. I was, I was going to Bossier Parish Community College, working at Smoothie King, just training on the side because I, I enjoyed it. And that's definitely a blessing in, in, in itself. Um, you know, I'm proud of you, man. Like I said, I've, I've seen you from day one grinding, man. And uh, you was even on Cage, too. I remember that. I remember Cage. That was on a, a, a short-lived MTV show. And so many fighters that was on that show are not fighting anymore. And look at you hey, now. Hey, it may have been short-lived, but it made my life. My my wife in there, she's a, she's a part of the, the Caged Aftermath. So oh, okay. things went well. Caged, Caged did me good. All right. Look at that. I didn't know that. Wow. And then, Blake, you know, Matt said that you've been in the game 20 years, man. Like, you know, and then I know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, you went pro at a very early age. Like, how did that – I mean, is it the same thing that you just kept selling out? Or, I mean, how did you get to pro well, so, so fast? Well, well, I've been doing this for altogether about 25 years now. Um, I didn't go pro um, that young. I mean, now you've got some kids that are going pro at 16, 17 years old. And I, I personally, I guess, each to each your own. But I, my body wasn't ready at 16 or 17 years old. I'm sure, I don't know, Matt's probably wasn't either. 95% of the world is not ready, but some of these kids today are just freaks. Um, you know, like Devin Haney, he went pro at 16. Um, I fought on Showtime car here, and a kid went pro at 16. That's just unreal. Um, you know, ultimately, I think you're more susceptible to injuries because you're getting hit by, hit by grown men at that age at, when you turn pro. It's not, you know, age groups or weight divisions anymore. It's grown men. Um, so I turned pro uh, when I was 19 years old, um, almost 20, I believe. It's been so long, it's hard to remember. <laughs> um, and um, just having a look back, I should have probably waited a little bit longer, you know, turn pro, let my body develop a little bit more, um, have a better team around me at the time rather than what I was doing. But, um, yeah, I, I, look, at, at one point in time, I was ranked number seven in the world as a, as a professional. So um, got no complaints. I had a good career. Um, you know, I'm there's some fights I'd like to have before I – hang them up. But, you know, um, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But right now I enjoy training everyone. I enjoy passing on knowledge. I'm turning into a decent trainer. Um, I've got – I train, you know, one of the people that I train a lot. Um, we Danger mentioned um, Mason a few minutes ago. Um, I trained Brent's wife, Victoria, on her stand-up. And um, we're getting a shot with the UFC in um, a few weeks. So really looking forward to, to seeing what the future holds, helping and passing on some knowledge. Yeah, and we're going to actually talk about their training and what their other outside projects they're doing outside of their careers. Coming next on Side of the Break. Stay tuned. What's up, everybody? Brandon here with Straight Up. We want you to be mindful of the importance of wearing a mask out in public. We know it's uncomfortable, but believe it or not, you are saving a life. This virus has hit our community hard and scientists are still looking for a vaccine. So wash your hands, practice social distancing, and most importantly, Wear a damn mask. Tired of the same old boring clothes? Want to support your favorite podcast but don't know how? Well, you're in luck. The Straight Up Show podcast store is finally here. In our Teespring shop, you can find all the merch that tells the world you're keeping it straight up. From t-shirts to masks to even leggings, our store has you covered. Just visit straightupshowpodcast.com 
and click that merchandise button. That's S-T-R, the number eight, upshowpodcast.com. All right, so we're back with these guys. As Blake said before, that he's doing a lot of training. And like I said, I've I've seen these guys blossom from what people say, small town of Shreveport, Louisiana. Well, I've seen these guys become basically, in my opinion, local, but now nationally ranked celebrities. And in my opinion, in the, in the fighting world, uh, Blake, you know, you're giving back to your community. And like, you know, people don't know where Paxson's gym at, but with my first introduction to boxing itself, it wasn't Mike Tyson. Actually, it was Blake. Blake introduced me to boxing, and it was surprisingly in a lower-income neighborhood. And you know, and ever since then, even though Blake's professional, he gives back. And Blake, just tell us about you know you giving back and what you're doing now. You kind of touched on it a little bit before, but go a little bit more in depth about it if you don't mind. Oh, no problem. Um, yeah, um, from the time I was a kid, Ray Paxton and Charles Young were with me. Um, more so, Ray later on after I kind of moved towards boxing more. Um, uh, then about five or six years ago, Ray passed away and they didn't, they didn't have, they had a coach for a little while and that didn't work out. And so, um, I got a phone call one day asking me if I'd be interested in coming there, working with a couple of their guys. And it, it just went from there. Um, uh, about two years ago, um, I just decided it was time to make my own name. I love Ray. I will always love Paxton Jim. Uh, it's still there to this day. So if anybody ever needs anything, they're more than welcome. They're off of Hearn and Fulton. Um, place will always have a soft spot in my soft spot blah, soft spot in my heart and um yeah but now i've moved on i have my own boxing gym um i've got one of the uh, one right kids in the country that i train i've started from scratch i've got a really good team i, I trained a couple of mma fighters i trained michael mano um uh who's probably going to turn pro here soon uh, in the next year or so he he's really talented he's his stand-up's evolving every day um, works hard. Um, Victoria uh, Leonardo, she um, she's just got signed with the UFC or, or for the Contender Series. Hopefully, big things in her future. She works hard, very very hard. Um, you know, I, I just enjoy giving back and um, helping people improve and seeing, you know, seeing things that from 25 years experience in the ring. And I've had I've been blessed to work with Floyd Mayweather Senior. You know, Marlon Thomas, uh, Leonardo Tyner, um, Sparky McDuffie, Ray Paxton. I've I've had a plethora of boxing susus that I've had the privilege of working with. And so I've, I've gained some knowledge that not everybody has. And so it's just one of those things to where uh, trying to give back a little bit. That's great, man. I love to hear that story, man. Like I said, just, you know, I didn't know boxing, you know, I mean, of course people see it on TV, but, you know, really, you know, I want to thank you for just being a boxing man because I love it and it gives me a chance to actually see it, you know, and not a lot of pro athletes actually turn into MMA to get their bodies in shape. And Matt, I know you have a busy schedule. Uh, I mean, you stay busy more than anybody I've seen. Uh, you are in the UFC, uh, so but you you give back as well. I mean, just tell us, you know, how are you, outside of what you're doing right now, what else do you do, and what do you have coming up? You know, here lately, I've really been focused on on my fight career, and there there for a while, I was also teaching. Had had me a little crew in the Houston area, but I, I moved out to Humble. Me and my wife bought a house, so. I'm kind of settling out here in the suburbs and yeah, here lately I've been really focused on, on my career and uh, I, I do train with other guys and, and help them along. I'll be in Shreveport for the AKA fights coming up. I'm sure Blake will have a couple of guys on that card and uh, I've, I've got a couple of my protégés on there too, but I, I no longer am, am running 
a, uh, a class or, or anything of the sort. I don't have a team of my own right now because I've been focused on, on my fight and my career. So I, I will be fighting December 19th uh, in Las Vegas. I'm fighting Tyson Nahum at the UFC Apex. So that's what's next for me. We were scheduled to fight in September. I, I had some issues with some weight and uh, wasn't, wasn't able to make my last fight. So I did the only thing I knew how to do, and we rebooked it, and we, we're going to try and make it right. So uh, felt, felt bad that things went the way they did, but ultimately it's going to be okay in the end. And, uh, yeah, feeling good about things. I, uh, I'm one of the best in the world. Hey, I love it. And I agree with those. So I'm pretty sure uh, Trouble can too. Uh, one thing about you and Trouble, y'all have a crazy support system. Uh, and that has to mean a lot to both of y'all that people back y'all up so much and just give y'all so much love, whether it's win, lose, or draw. Y'all have this love that, you know, most most celebrities don't even see. Absolutely. It's a blessing. Yeah. And one thing you said, Blake, that I did not know is that you sparred with trouble. I want to know how that went and when did this happen? Oh, sparring with danger? I, yeah. Yeah. I think I was, I was uh, getting was, ready for uh, Golden Gloves. You came in. I was training at Karate Mafia. And, uh, yeah, we, we got a couple rounds. Yeah, it, it's been back in the day. We've, look, we've been in this game for a while. Um, you don't remember every round you've done, I promise. At least I don't. Maybe it's damage. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well like i said man you guys are great uh so we're wrapping up things with uh blake and uh matt uh blake trouble franklin and matt danger snow uh so the reason why i have you guys here today because we know that uh mike tyson is coming out the woodworks uh to fight uh blake you've met mike tyson uh so i mean do you think this is a good draw for him to get out of boxing you've seen him in shape he's been phenomenal shape do you think he can actually go 12 rounds or do you think it'll last 12 rounds uh it's only scheduled for i believe eight thank or god 10. yeah it, um, it, I, it should I, be scheduled for five because come on yeah yeah well hold on Here, here's my opinion and this might be an unpopular opinion but um i'm i'm actually excited to see what tyson can do i don't think that um you know he hasn't sustained a lot of damage and if he's you know his problem was never um you know, lack of skill or anything was motivation. And the last thing that goes for a boxer is power. Uh, the first thing that goes is speed and timing. Um, and so to me, this is a horrible, horrible idea for Roy Jones because while Roy Jones was out there taking fights for money and fighting people that he shouldn't have been fighting and getting knocked out, Mike Tyson was sitting on the couch, you know, smoking weed or doing whatever he wanted to do and giving his body time to recover. And now it seems like from the videos, which can be deceiving, he looks like his old animal self. But I do know for a fact that power is the last thing to go. And um, one of the first things to go is your legs and movement and your timing and speed. And those are things that Roy Jones Jr. has always relied upon in the ring and um, getting, out of, getting out of the way from things, using angles and moving and not necessarily having your hands in the right spot. And um, when Tyson throws a couple of shots, you know, he's going to throw a left hook and an overhand right and maybe an uppercut. And I, if Roy can't get out of the way, it's going to be a quick night. Uh, I don't think he'll be able to get out of the way, honestly. I think um, Danger said five. he wish it was scheduled for five rounds. I don't think it's going to go two. I think um, I think the moment Mike Tyson cuts off the ring and hits him, it's going to be night-night Irene. Danger? Yeah, I mean, I I actually think the exact opposite. No offense, Blake. Not taken. Yeah, I think that uh, 
and and that is an interesting point. Roy Jones has taken more damage over the years, and Mike Tyson will certainly be more well rested. But I, I do believe that the game of boxing does change over time, and Roy Jones has done a great job. Even even in his his later years, he's still been competitive, and uh, yeah, Mike can crack. Uh, we, we know that Mike does look good on pads. I haven't seen I haven't seen one video of him actually sparring somebody. And not not only that. Furthermore, all these guys do a bunch of steroids. So seeing seeing Mike in shape, it makes me just be like, bro. I mean, six months ago you were a butterball. Now you're freaking shredded. Come come on. But uh, I I'm, I'll be watching. I tell you that. I look forward to it, and uh, it it will be fun. It should be a spectacle. But I've got Roy Jones strictly on the, the principle that he has been more active. And, and Blake's argument is that that's why uh, Roy Jones will fall, which, which is a fair argument. But I feel that his activity, his, his uh, you know, him, him having fought here in, in the last couple of years will be a benefit, not necessarily uh, something that, that uh, sets him back. So. I would, I would generally agree with you. The only reason I say otherwise is because Roy has not always been the person to get his hands back up. He was yeah. able to get out of things. And the older he's gotten and the longer he's been doing it, the more you've seen the people that would never, ever have caught him or touched him in any way, shape, or form have been able to put leather on him. And so yeah. without him being able to get out of the way, I, I, I just – Mike Tyson come out with the, any type of intensity – I don't think Roy's going to be able to get out of the way. I've seen Roy hitting pads lately and hitting, seen him spar. I've got a friend that's in camp with him. I, you know, if I, I, I could be wrong. Look, we're all wrong. Yeah, it's that's fighting. It's the reason it's fighting. You know, everybody's going to throw a punch or, throw, you know, throw a kick and something always lands. You know, but um, I, I would just – if I was a bad man, I'd put money on, on Mike just because it, it just seems like it's the perfect storm for Roy. Yeah, wow. that's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Wow. I mean, I think that we're all just wanting a good show. Uh, I think that's what we're all looking for is a good show. And I think that, you know, it's nostalgia, you know, people, you know, seeing two legendary fighters pick the gloves back up and, you know, uh, here we go. But I got to ask y'all, like, uh, Danger said something uh, that I didn't know. So that boxing has changed a lot. So with that being said, I want to ask y'all just, you know, maybe your top, top two, top two fighters, whether it's UFC or uh, professional boxing. Who are your top favorite fighters of all time? Andrew first. Me first. Okay. Well, uh, I'm when when speaking about how the game has changed, boxing is a different game than mixed martial arts, and it, there, there's there's less motion of how far it can change. And boxing has also been around for a very very long time. So I don't, I don't know if it's changed as much as mixed martial arts has, you know, because every, every two, three years, the game of mixed martial arts has come full circle. I think about when, when I started, you know, w walking into Brent Mason's gym, if I would have went in and thrown a spinning technique, they would have laughed me out of the place and told me to never come back. Now spinning techniques are everything that, you know, that's what everybody wants to see. And it, it's just changed a lot. Uh, boxing, boxing is a little different. So, I won't speak out of turn on that. As far as my favorite fighters go, mixed martial artists, my favorite of all time would have to be Frankie Edgar and Robbie Lawler. Those are my two guys. And uh, I've actually had the 
pleasure of, of fighting on cards with both of those guys and, and, and being in the room with them. And, you know, more than, more than their prowess and their wins, uh, I, I respect the men they are. And, uh, you know, a guy like Frankie Edgar gets, gets beat up, a whole fight, comes back, wins the fight. A guy like Robbie Lawler, you know, kind of fell out of love with the sport and then, then came back and re-motivated and, and won the championship of the world and did it in uh, a, an amazing way. So those two guys, to me, locked in as my all-time favorite MMA fighters. All right. Well, uh, Blake, what about you? Well, since Danger went box, uh, MMA, I'll go boxing. And I, I agree with him. MMA is kind of going, growing at such a, you know, fast rate. It's ever-evolving. There's more techniques being added into it. There's more forms of martial arts people are using. You know, boxing's changed. You know, if you would have looked at, you know, people talked about Muhammad Ali being the greatest, but he wasn't. He was just the first heavyweight to actually box and not just stand in front of somebody and throw two or three punches, hold their hands up, and see who could last longer. You know, the game evolves. It just – it's been around so much longer that the evolution of it goes in gradual stages rather than every two or three years um so but my favorite two fighters um number two would probably have to be um Arturo Gatti um not the most technically sound but was always in a war always banging didn't matter how hard he got hit he was coming back you know um uh second uh, that was my second my first would probably be Oscar De La Hoya um, from the, you know, technically sound fighter, um, great left hook, great jab, um, on his toes all the time, never ducked anyone, um, which is a bad, bad problem in boxing today. Uh, nobody wants to fight the champ. Nobody, if, you know, nobody wants to fight each other. They, it's all about money and business today. Del Hoya went up and down weight divisions, fought everybody there was. And so, uh, kind of respect Oscar. Wow. All right. Well, I mean, it's been my pleasure talking to you guys. I know uh, Matt said that you respect the man. And uh, with that being said, uh, danger and trouble. Uh, I, I told you once before, I respect both of you, not only for your careers, but uh, me seeing y'all as children grown up to men. And, you know, y'all have my respect on that level. Um, but before y'all go, uh, Matt, uh, well, let's start with Blake. Uh, how can people reach you and be in contact with you or maybe join your school? Sure. Yeah. Um, any, anybody on Facebook or Instagram, it's uh, Trouble Boxing Gym. Um, or reach out, for, reach out to me, um, Blake Franklin. Um, just hit me up. Uh, I'm really accessible. I'll be more than happy to help them. All right. And Danger, I know you got a fight coming up on December 19th. And how can people follow you on social media and keep in contact with all your fights? Yeah, uh, just either Matt Schnell on Facebook or uh, Danger underscore Cage. That's on Twitter, Instagram. And everything in between but uh yeah y'all follow along let's go about to about to whip this guy coming up all right december 19th match now going up against is this Nam? is that pronounced it right nam is it right is tyson nam? nam tyson nam coming up on december 19th flyweight division probably about uh make sure you guys tune into it because i mean i am I, I stayed up all night uh seeing him fight overseas and then uh had me scared for a little bit then all of a sudden next thing i know he's tapping out i'm like How'd you do that, Matt? Like, just, I don't know, man. You, you, you're, very, you're very technical, and, and I, I like to see you fight. I like to see you throw hands. Blake, I like to see you throw hands, too. I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to stop, you know, boxing, but I know you're getting, you know, you, you, I, I see, I, I see, no, dude, no. I see you doing the whole Mike Tyson thing in, like, a couple of years, man, because, you know, I, I, I don't think you can leave boxing, man. So, I don't hey. want to see you go, but. Hey, that's Blake. Listen, I can't wait. 
to retire. I'm done with this. <laughs> look, bro, look, look, see, see the problem I have, and and Danger will understand this too. He he already does this. I love it. I would do it right now. If they got to call me and said, hey, I've got to fight for you in a month, I'd be like all about it. I love the training. I love it. I like to eat now. I'm sorry. I'm from Louisiana. You know, um, I'm all about eating. You know, when, when you, when you, for me now, I have to, you know, I eat five meals a day and it's all portion controlled and everything. And there's no flavor. It's two gallons of water, a gallon and a half of water. It, it's regimented. I've been doing this for 20 something years. I'm tired of it, bro. If I want to have a Coke or have a cheeseburger, I want to be able to have a Coke and a cheeseburger. And that's, that's the real issue that it is with me more than anything. And that, that may sound bad, but that's just me. Hey, that's not just you. We can all agree on that. Good yeah. deal. <laughs> all right. Well, like I said, we got, I want to thank Matt Danger Snell and Blake Trouble Franklin, good friends of mine, uh, two professional fighters. Love them both. If you guys have not heard about them, uh, you will. And even though Blake said he's retiring, he's, he's not going anywhere. He's staying. And uh, Matt Snell, number 10 in the world right now. Uh, make sure you guys stay tuned. But, hey, the fight happens this weekend. Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr., Blake has – Tyson and surprisingly, Schnell has uh, Roy Jones do you? Uh, hey, let's, let's let's make it interesting, Blake. I will. I'll I'll buy you dinner. I'll buy you right. dinner. Mike Tyson wins, vice versa. Got, we can do that. I got it. Let's we, go. We'll do that. And, and right. it has to be a cheeseburger. <laughs> hey, hey. Well, for if for him to be a cheese after his fight, we'll victory dinner for him. There we go. There we go. And like, if you're in the Shreveport area, make sure you guys get behind these guys because uh, they're not hitting gyms. People know about them, but hey, they're, I, I know you guys are just saying it's crazy, but they do our city proud. And I'm proud to say that these guys have represented our, not only Blake to our country, but you know, same with Matt. These guys are great men, great fighters, but hey, stay tuned. Just this fight, not only on this upcoming Saturday, but December 19th, Matt will win. I guarantee it. Hey, guys, thank you all so much once again. Thanks, Calvin. Thanks, Calvin.